0: McGurk! I do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. <laughs> How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, <laughs> they say you are what you eat. Sheerah. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena yeah. Luther, Boardroom or Ballroom.
1: Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this house.
0: Nasty Luther like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean?
1: No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yay! Yes! Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Maureen Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV podcast YouTube channel to go back in time. Since Morgan didn't review Supergirl episodes as a full-time co-host of Supergirl Radio until the episode World's Finest, which aired in March of 2016, we are revisiting the first season to get Morgan's thoughts. This week, we'll be discussing episode nine of season one titled Blood Bonds. But before we do that, We need to get to the news. Uh, According to
0: the Hollywood Reporter, Supergirl is headed to the 31st century with Legion of Superheroes, an upcoming animated feature due out early next year from Warner Brothers Uh, Animation, (laughs) also Uh, DC and Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Uh, Meg Donnelly stars as Supergirl, Kara, and uh, Harry Shum Jr. stars as Brainiac 5. The cast also includes Darren Criss as Superman, Matt Bomer as The Flash, and Jensen Eccles as Batman. Uh, the story picks up as Kara, devastated by the loss of Krypton, struggles to adjust to her new life on Earth. Her su- Her cousin, Superman, mentors her and suggests she leave their space-time to attend the Legion Academy in the 31st century, where she makes new friends and a new New enemy Brainiac Five. Meanwhile, she must contend with a mysterious group called the Dark Circle, as it searches for a powerful weapon held
1: in the Academy's vault. So, Morgan, what do you think about this? We're going to get to uh, see Supergirl in animation with the Legion of Superheroes. That sounds pretty fun. I'm looking forward to that. That seems great. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I I think it'll be really fun to see Supergirl interact with Brainiac 5 again. Um, And I I don't know anything about Meg Donnelly. Have you ever seen or heard her in anything? I I haven't either. Uh, That name didn't uh, strike me as being familiar which I'm uh, fine with because I'm actually interested in a new voice for Supergirl because the other cast members have already voiced things in the DC universe and it's kind of frustrating to me because it's like oh uh Matt Bomer and Jensen Ackles in another DC thing really that's real creative it's not like they had, you know <laughs> they haven't been in things before but i guess you know Jensen Ackles i think has voiced Batman several times so that may be just they're kind of going back to the well for some, some voices that they they know, but, uh, but I'm glad that Meg Donnelly, as far as I know, has never voiced uh, Supergirl before, so I'm actually interested in a new take on the Girl of Steel in animation, so that to me is exciting. Apparently, Meg Donnelly has done like a lot
0: of uh Disney. It seems it looks like Disney channel stuff, although I could be making that up. But she's certainly been in something called zombies. Lots uh, of zombie uh
1: zombies uh, <laughs> projects in her, her filmography. Yeah, so uh so I'm I'm I am curious about uh what, how she's going to bring something new to the Supergirl character? But I, I'm excited about this. I think it'll be really fun. Uh, it sounds like that we're going to have to wait a little while for it. Uh, but I think uh, Supergirl stories where she is with the Legion of Superheroes is uh, those those are always really fun. And uh, so I'm interested to see uh, what they do with her.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be exciting. I'm I can't wait for that one.
1: That's going to be a that's going to be a fun one to talk about. Yeah, I think we will definitely have to cover it. Uh, let's see. Gutier 74 says, Meg Donnelly uh, is on the new show, The Winchesters. Uh, so I guess uh, they're uh, pulling from the oh. CWL? That's <laughs> CW, the right? verse. I can't, I can't remember if the CW still has programming. It doesn't does, seem, does it exist anymore. Does it still exist? I don't know. Next Star seems to really be coming to get it. so <laughs> RCW <laughs> run. I don't, CW, run. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is a next star uh, property. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that is uh, that is interesting. Let's see. Uh, new Rachel says, I find it hilarious that Yuri Lowenthal is in this movie as Monel when he's playing a clone of Superman who is partially inspired by Monel. Yes, I think that's Superman X. Do I have that right, New Rachel? Uh, I think we talked about him in the Monel character spotlight, but that has been quite a while ago (laughs) Uh, so i I think it'll be interesting to see uh what uh what legion members will be in this i'm actually going back into the article to to pull up the names of the other characters um we're gonna get to see phantom girl and bouncing boy bouncing boy i love him uh timberwolf also (laughs) love him uh let's see cosmic boy of course monel chemical (laughs) king uh, chemical king <laughs> i don't know anything about chemical king we'll have to look I into want to him. know everything about chemical king. <laughs> <laughs> okay this is also another legion of superhero that we maybe need to do a character spotlight on uh but there's a character known as arms fall off boy uh, what <laughs> <laughs> think, what is his power <laughs> i think he might be somebody correct me in the chat but uh but he might be in the legion of substitute heroes
0: <laughs> arms <laughs> no. ball boy. Yeah, i think i think he's one of the main ones <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want to bring him out all the
1: time <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually going to uh pull him pull him up for for a quick <laughs> second just to to verify that uh let's see what is he affiliated with um i'm not seeing Seeing what his uh what his team is, but I'm pretty sure that he's probably, I'm, I mean, if I had to guess, I think he's Legion of Substitute Heroes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it says uh, is a young hero from the 31st century who failed. His name is Floyd Belkin. He failed in his tryout tryouts for the Legion of Superheroes. So yeah, he he went up for the Legion of Superheroes, <laughs> did not get it. Um, so we'll we'll learn Listen, more about. It happens, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Arms fall off, boy. He had a I lot know. of aspirations. Uh, we're also gonna see Shadow Lass in this. Uh, L- Allura is gonna be in this, so we'll we'll get a lot of Supergirl oh. stuff. It looks like, and then a triplicate Girl and Invisible Kid and Brainiac three. So, uh, that's really exciting. I I'm I'm really interested in more Legion of Superheroes. Uh, content, so I'm glad that DC is doing um, some of that. Uh, Brian in the chat says, Arm Fall-Off Boy was even too ridiculous for the subs, for the Legion of Substitute Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> he Man, couldn't we... even make the subs. <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty bad, but you know what? I'm pulling for Arms Fall-Off Boy. I think he deserves better i think he deserves his own solo title i think he has a lot of av- adventures <laughs> we'd read it <laughs> we'd write it <laughs> I mean, I will for sure <laughs> if you need uh someone to write that story i think we could probably we got it we got it this a go uh but we'll we'll be uh looking out for the legion of superheroes uh animation uh project that is to come early next year whatever that means all right. In other news related to Supergirl, according to Playbill.com, we've got some Terry Hatcher news. So uh, Terry Hatcher is uh, going to be playing or she, I guess she currently is playing Morticia Adams in five star theatricals production of the 2010 Broadway musical The Adams Family. Directed by Kirsten Chandler, performances began on October 14th and will continue through October 23rd at the Bank of America Performing Arts Center in Thousand Oaks, California. I wish I could make it out to uh, California to see Terry Hatcher as Morticia Adams in this, <laughs> in this uh, uh, I guess it's a, a musical production, is it a, it is a Broadway musical, yeah, so I think so uh, I'm sure there will be dancing and singing in this as well as Morticia Adams. Uh, but it seems like a lot of fun, and I'm sure Terry Hatcher would crush it. Uh, so lots of Adams family uh, material coming out lately. Uh, this this uh, musical is happening now, and there's also, I think, going to be a Wednesday Adams. Uh, yeah, TV that's show right. On Netflix.
0: I always, I always get the Adams family and the Munsters confused. Yeah, that's easy. And to so, do. like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, the one with the guy with the hair, you know, the Adams family. <laughs> I'm Like, no, I don't think that that's. Mm. It's like, yeah, you know, the the vampire uncle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both great, great properties. Yes, uh, I would watch a musical of either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a new Munsters movie as well. I don't know if that's on Netflix. Oh, yeah, Rob I, Zombie I directed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking that up. That's going to be great. <laughs> we'll have to maybe do like a Patreon exclusive review of the- <laughs> Rob it's Zombie's like the, Monsters. It's like the gritty,
0: like slasher version of the monsters or
1: something. You know what? I don't think he went that direction. I oh. think he he's uh, from what I I don't know how I got on this like monsters <laughs> kick, but. I was looking up some things about like the the making of of it um because I I love classic TV. I love um anything that aired on Nick at Night in the 80s. I watched and oh, that's dating sure. myself man. it was so good. Like I love Lucy. Oh my gosh. Monsters. all of that stuff. Of the Mary More Moore show, the Jeffersons, <gasps> so Do- the many lives or the many loves of Dobie Gillis. Yeah. I watched that one too. I, I don't know that about one that one. That, that one, one is a was... that, that really, that's a deep cut. That's a deep <laughs> cut, but I, I loved that one too. Um, It uh, starred uh, Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. I don't know if he was Dobie Gillis, but he was on that show. Uh, I haven't seen it in forever, but uh, but I loved the monsters as well, and so I was looking at sort of the the information about it because I, I I didn't know it was coming out, and uh, apparently Rob Zombie. This is totally off topic, but Rob Zombie, big fan of the monsters, so he wanted to oh. be really faithful to the TV show. So uh, <laughs> so I actually kind of wanted to see the Rob Zombie uh, version of it, but he <laughs> I think he wanted to be pretty faithful to the show, so. Uh, the Munsters and the Addams Family seeing a resurgence in those properties. So very excited about that. Even though I don't like reboots, these seem to be uh, different takes on them. So I'm okay with that. Sam uh, Gutier asks, uh, can Terry Hatcher sing? Uh, I don't know that I've ever heard her sing, but I, I, I think Terry Hatcher can do anything.
0: Terry Hatcher is, I'm a sure, a triple threat. Uh, I don't have evidence of that, but I believe <laughs> it in my heart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think she can do anything. And Hagel Bless in the chat is fact checking me. Bob Denver played Doby Adobe's best friend, Maynard G Krebs. Yes, thank you for that. So I, I remembered him being on man, Dobie Gillis. I'm gonna have to f- figure out how I can watch that. <laughs> uh, I really want it's gotta to be watch somewhere. That oh, it's gotta be somewhere. Um okay so yes yeah, so if you are in the Thousand Oaks California area and you go see uh the Adams family starring Terry Hatcher as Morticia Adams please report back report back we,
0: we, <laughs> we want to know, know. everything
1: <laughs> we want to know how well she did and i'm sure she will crush it that's uh Superb casting. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I think we need to hop in our Legion Cruiser and uh, right. join the Legion of Superheroes, not the Legion of Substitute Heroes. We're get we're we're in with the the real people who know how to fly that Legion Cruiser, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm we ready. are we are gonna go back in time to January 2016. <laughs> All right. So uh, safe travels to the, the past. Uh, we've made it back to January 14th, 2016. Ooh. And here is the <laughs> official description of the episode Blood Bonds. Quote, with Astra in captivity at the DEO, her husband Non captures Hank, leading to a tense standoff between the two sides. Also, Kara continues to refute Kat's allegations that she is Supergirl, unquote. <laughs> So I guess let's start with that, Morgan, because that was a big reveal at the end of the previous episode in Hostile Takeover that Cat Grant knew that Kara was Supergirl. So how do you think Cat Grant handled knowing uh, (laughs) that information in this episode in Blood Bonds?
0: I I mean, she wasn't, like, great about it. (laughs) (laughs) it's like kind of like the worst case scenario with somebody like finding out your deep, dark secret and then just like hounding you about it at every <laughs> moment. Like, oh, okay. I'm going to go get my coffee. <laughs> Super <girl>. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh Yeah. I thought that, uh, I mean, I think that they played it really well. It was like really um, amusing, but I also think, you know, that's probably what Kat would do. I don't think that she'd be able to let go of uh of having figured out a big story like that um and I I think that the the increasing panic that Kara feels throughout the episode as it like ratchets up and up uh I think that was played really well too it, it also kind of underlines just how bad Kara is at lying in this season um in early in the episode she's uh, she knows that Cat Grant is coming up the elevator and she's like I just gotta act normal and she like knocks everything over and <laughs> forget their glasses
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know i I think cat if cat had been allowed to uh continue knowing the secret I think she would have been fine with the the, the knowledge that Carl was supergirl. I think they forced her to be completely ridiculous in this episode so that they could take it back i think they wanted that cliffhanger uh to to oh my gosh cat knows you know i think they wanted that <laughs> big reveal and then they were like nah, but we really can't let her know this early on because it would ruin all of you know the the push and pull of like the the boss employee thing so they immediately took it back which i was very upset about I thought that was unfair to Cat Grant in my first viewing, and I still feel that way now. Uh, So (laughs) I think they made her so ridiculous in order to achieve the the need to take it back. Because, of course, if Cat is going to be ridiculous like this, of course, Kara would have to deceive her and trick her out of the knowledge that she figured out for herself. Um, but I guess, you know, it's storytelling wise. I guess if you do that, you have to, to take it back. But Kat was a little overbearing in the episode, uh, constantly, you know, uh, harassing Kara in, in every way that she possibly could.
0: Yeah. I will say I loved the scene. Where um cat grills car it's like, you know, who is who is your teacher here and like <laughs> what what grade did you get in first grade and and uh, and and she's Car has an answer to every one of her questions and as like she's leaving, she's like, okay, supergirl. Car' like, I just answered all of your questions. like obviously, I'm like a human person who lives on this planet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what all human people say and and cat's like like, Nobody remembers this minutiae unless it's part of a cover story that you've, like, memorized. And I just thought that was so smart because, like, yeah, like, a, a person who's not afraid of their secret identity coming out would just be like, I don't remember my first grade teacher. I was six. Uh, but Kara was like, yes, I remember. And that teacher actually taught me art. And I was great at art. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I remember my ten. first... I remember my first grade teacher's name. I think it was Miss Strozier, either Miss or Mrs. Strozier. I think that was her name. Uh, Yeah, I think that was first grade. Uh, I remember a lot about first grade, which is wild to me. I will not tell you how old I was when Titanic came out. I do not want (laughs) to date myself.
0: (laughs) But the the funny thing is, like, she asks, like, how old were you when Titanic came out? And Kara has an immediate answer. And I had to do the
1: math. It came out in 1997.
0: 97 and i was i like, don't know so why i remember that either made me <laughs> like but i think cars like had too many answers like i had to think about like how old was i when titanic came out and did i see that in theaters and should i have uh
1: <laughs> <gasps> that should have also been a clue because Kara, uh supergirl has a uh, very good memory in the comics um so Theoretically, if you were taking that into the show, she would have had a, a really good memory. She could remember all those details. <laughs> like, I got
0: it. I got it. I've I've really covered this cover story <laughs> so thoroughly. Uh yeah, that I I that that part I thought was was well played. Although, again, I do agree with you. I think Kat was like a little heavy-handed. And I think had they allowed Kat to continue to know the secret in the first season, it arguably would have made more sense for her to know because otherwise why, ha- like, at what what point does Cara like, get in trouble for just disappearing in the middle of a work day? Like, Cara <laughs> later on in the show, you could argue, like, Cara's a reporter, and she could say, I was off with a source. But, like, what's she gonna say when, like, Kat Grant is, like, ordering me a salad, and she looks out, and Cara's like, you know, saving a boat from capsizing or something, a Supergirl, <laughs> and there's just, like, nobody at her assistance desk. Like, an assistant, one of their big things is to answer the phone,
1: like, every time it rings not just like sometimes that it rings <laughs> yeah and to be at your beck and call to do whatever <laughs> you need it you know that might be running errands or uh yeah taking phone calls or uh, just you know typing gen- up emails or something <laughs> generally being present is a big <laughs> part of being an administrative
0: assistant like being there and uh and car is so frequently not there it (laughs) would make more sense if kat knew she was supergirl and it was like okay as part of having supergirl as my administrative assistant sometimes i have to order my own salad uh (laughs) i feel like i would buy that a little bit more than like kat grant just being like the uh, simultaneously the best and worst boss of all time where she's like you know, uh, snaps at people for using her elevator. Um, but she's fine with her assistant being like gone for three hours in the middle of the day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I, I thought some of the stuff the way they they handled Cat, I I didn't care for. Uh, but I but I think part of the reason that Cat was hounding her so much is because she was still because Kara kept denying it and denying mm-hmm. it and denying it. I think Cat was still trying to investigate it, just like a good investigative reporter would have done. Um, so I think it it did show that Cat was pretty thorough in her journalistic pursuits to try to get that information from cars. She dug up her first grade report card. So she was <laughs> she was doing the the job of an investigative reporter. So I, I really do think that that still uh, goes to the fact that Kat is very smart and is very good at her job. And that's why she is the queen of all media, is that she um, has those resources to do those things. So in that regard, I think it showed her to be very smart even though uh they seemingly tricked her out of it by the end but i i guess my question is to you morgan now that we've seen the entirety of the show do you think at this point in blood bonds after she's been sort of tricked i i, I guess i shouldn't say sort of she definitely has she's been definitely tricked, tricked. <laughs> uh by martian manhunter and supergirl to to not know the secret Do you think she still knows at the end of Blood Bonds? Because later on in the series, we, you know, like in season two, we find out that she knew. So did she just figure it out again? Or did she just go Hmm. with the trick to,
0: like, satiate Kara? I think she might have initially been kind of thrown off. Because when you see the two people in one room, you're like, well, clearly... I've misjudged. <laughs> but I think as time went on, as it became more suspicious, like that Supergirl would be a place and car wouldn't be at a place. And like, then car is there. And then Supergirl, I think maybe she was like, did she play a trick on me? So I buy that. Like initially uh, in the first little bit after this, uh, after this lie, she bought it. And then as time went on and as uh, like Kara got sloppy, which she like probably almost immediately did, uh, <laughs> Kat went like Cat was like, OK, I think I was right that first. <laughs> but honestly, she was so annoying about it. I'm just going to let her have this.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially after I'm, I'm sure Kat knew about martian manhunter because at some point in season one i guess we'll talk about it when we get there but he he becomes a little bit of a news item uh he reveals himself and so we know that martian manhunter exists in the universe so cat I, I would imagine that cat would have put it together like oh she's friends with martian manhunter uh. who can shapeshift
0: yeah <laughs> cm Gutierrez also said that i think when the world found out uh about martian manhunter cat figured out she was played by Kara.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what I'm thinking as well is eventually I think she she kind of went back to it and reassessed.
0: I think the clues led her back to that direction. (laughs) She was just like, all right, well, it's not worth bringing this up with her again because she's I can't
1: I can't I can't have the uh, orphan black treatment twice. (laughs) (laughs) Season two, when she when Kat Grant comes back, that's after she spent time in the Yurt, right? I think I believe so. Yeah. So I I I would like to think that she's you know she's hanging out in the yurt just you know thinking about her her cleansing experience in the yurt. (laughs) I think she puts it back uh, together after the She has like a she has like a heat
0: based hallucination. She's like, (laughs) Kara is Supergirl and puts it right back together.
1: Yeah, I think a uh, a lot of folks in the chat even Erin, I think says uh I think she figured it out again and she was fooled at the end of this episode. So uh yeah, so I think uh, eventually we know in season 2 that she does still believe the car is supergirl. So uh so I think at some point she she has not given up on it. And of course at the end of the series it's uh it's not an issue anymore because uh <laughs> Kara uh, gets rid of the secret identity and works for Kat uh, full time with that. So it's interesting in this episode, uh, uh, Kara quits Catco; She's going to give it up and then she comes back uh, not very long after that. Uh, but th- what, what did you think Morgan? I'm, I'm curious about uh, what, what you think about what Kara said about her need for the secret identity and her need for, uh, her job at CatCo and how that made her, her feel human. I think it makes a lot
0: of sense. I mean, I think it's to a, like a lesser extent, it's kind of like we see the same thing with Clark and his, his role at the daily planet through comics and, and TV shows and stuff like that is, you know, they, they are kind of so far outside of the realm of human existence in some ways, especially Kara because she didn't grow up like Clark did as a human. And I, I liked, I really liked that moment with her and Alora. When uh, or her and Astra, um, when it's Astra's, hard to keep them straight. They're it, they're it, both Laura Bonanti. Yeah, well, but one has the little the little white street, uh, <laughs> yes, strip. Yes, that's That it's funny because it does look like it's just kind of like uh, kind of tucked in there. They're yeah. just like, oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't forget the don't forget the white strip. But that's how <laughs> we tell them apart. Um, but uh, but Astra tells her that basically that Clark was is is practically human and that Kara is actually in like the last the last daughter of krypton she's like really the last the last one left standing because clark for all intents and purposes was was uh he doesn't have any memories of krypton he doesn't remember the culture or anything like that he was a baby when he was sent a- sent away so he's basically been raised like a human whereas kara hasn't
1: yeah, I thought this this episode really uh, was maybe uh, talking some very deep things about uh, family, and that they, they talk about the ancient Kryptonian proverb that says "blood bonds us all." Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, going off of uh, that thought, Morgan, do you have any thoughts about what the what the episode was saying about family and about? Uh, the the push and pull that Kara felt between her Kryptonian side and her human side.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how much it focused on that idea of, of her Kryptonian side and her human side. And when she loses control and is going to go after Maxwell Lord and... James and Win have to stop her. To be honest, James was just like, yeah, no, don't do it." All right. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, James was pretty cranky. His his camera did uh, rest in peace. Uh, is, is, is this the first time? This his is camera the,
1: smashed. I, was I believe to this is
0: the first time. Although, was it smashed in human for a day at some point? How many cameras does
1: he have? Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and look at <laughs> that. It might be right that it might have gotten smashed in human for a day. We should
0: start doing like a like a camera count. Uh, may, <laughs> How many maybe,
1: cameras does he go through?
0: Maybe he just gave up being a, a photographer because he's like, I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: running out of cameras. Those things are expensive. <laughs> uh,
0: but I, I do think that the, the way that they played up the idea of, you know, her having to control this anger inside of her the same way that Astra sort of wasn't able to, and Allura was, I think it it tied really well into her family storylines And I I do I think that they were saying some interesting stuff about how, you know, it's even though she knows Astra is kind of bad news and she knows Astra is doing something that's probably not going to be great, like she still can't stop herself from loving her aunt and she doesn't want to see her hurt when they're about to uh inject her with kryptonite oh, man, and
1: that's tough. that's tough to watch
0: <laughs> and uh, they they go around general lane and and do the prisoner exchange with Astra i think because they want to save john but also i think because she's she realizes that like having astra with general lane there might not be so great for astra either Um, so I, I do think that there's, there's something that they're saying about that bond that you have with family members, especially families that you have, members that you have, like, a good relationship with, like she used to have with Astra when she was younger. I think it's hard to turn off that, uh,
1: that switch and not care. And I think that goes both ways with Astra too, because I, I think, uh, Astra starts to to feel those things about Kara again when she says uh, she encourages Kara. Like uh, I forget what she says. She says something like "You're you're just like your mother" or, or, or something like that. Um, and I do I do think there is uh, something in Astra that feels that way about Kara that she's still connected to Kara even though they're having these uh, squabbles and uh, disagreements about <laughs> what's happening and what they're doing. But I think that the that Bond does connect to them uh more than say Kara and Non uh for sure. And yeah, non non was like
0: whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh because you do see that at the end when Astra essentially saves them all from getting uh destroyed by was I right to say that those were like a lot of Kryptonians in the sky? A lot because of Kryptonians, yes. That does make me question how many Kryptonians. Survived because it seemed like there were a lot of them in the sky.
1: Uh, I guess they were all prisoners in Fort Ross.
0: Bomber. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm the, she's like, um, Clark, we're the last survivors of our alien race. And meanwhile, there's like, hey, um, I know I was in prison, but uh, I'm also a Kryptonian. My name's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Justice yes. for the Steves. <laughs>
1: I imagine those uh, same Steve's are probably the ones uh, building the Phantom Zone uh, bunker, the, uh, <laughs> the break room or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, that's, that's what they, I, I bet it was
0: all of the Kryptonians. They were like, listen, <laughs> we just came, we came from a highly advanced society. And the thing we like best is paperwork. And you need a place <laughs> to
1: store the
0: paperwork. We're going to need to make a building and we're going to need to make
1: file cabinets. That's important uh yeah i i think it's it's all connected uh, I, I think we're
0: finally solving some <laughs> mysteries from the latest the later seasons it was like steve was like the project manager on
1: that <laughs> <laughs> he had like a little hard hat uh because allura was uh part of i i think the construction of the phantom <laughs> zone so yeah maybe, maybe something happened in the phantom zone uh construction project and they had to arrest some of these Kryptonian workers and send them to Fort Ross. So, I—that's I, I, yeah. that's my headcanon. Is I think what, that what makes think.
0: complete sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they
0: got—they so got to—they got, to, got to the Phantom Zone. They were like, "Well, I think we can spruce this place up." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I, I think it's all connected. But yeah, so uh, Astra did save them from getting attacked by all of those Kryptonians. And I guess this would be a good time to uh, stop and take CM uh, CMGTA74's question. Uh, Alora's gang all wear tracksuits with an emblem on their right shoulder. However, the emblems look blank. Are they blank? Did their convention- convictions remove them from their respective houses? That's a really great question. Mm. There is... Um, uh, like a like an S-shield that is blank. It doesn't have anything in it. So in that would probably have been the glyph, the Kryptonian glyph of their their house uh, uh, that they belong to. So probably, I imagine, I don't know if we know that from the canon of the show, but that seems right. Uh, the only other thing that's on their suits are the, uh, the things that Astra had constructed to prevent them from being affected by Kryptonite. So that's, I think, on their left shoulder. But I think on the other side, maybe is what seam Goutier 74 is talking about, about the the blank glyphs. So that is a really, really good question. And I think you have uh, solved it. So probably when they were convicted and sent to Fort Ross, they probably got that removed. Mm. Good, good thought. Good eye. Um, good eye. Well um and also I guess one thing that I wanted to ask you about cuz I was curious Morgan what your thoughts are on the uh the family squabble between Alura and Astra so it seems as though Astra has gone around killed a bunch of people in her effort to <laughs> to save Krypton she's killed a bunch of people and you gotta, so you got to break a few eggs sometimes and make that omelet. <laughs> I, guess so, I guess so. So Allura is in the position where she has to charge her twin sister with these crimes and send them, send her and her people uh, that worked with her to Fort Ross. So Alora is having to be the adjudicator, be the judge to convict them of the wrongdoing of the crimes they've committed. So in that Astra thinks because of that, uh, because of what she did, that it's, Alora's fault that Krypton went kablooey. So, uh, Morgan, I'm curious what your thoughts are on on that issue. Yeah, it's.
0: I, I think that they 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 raise some interesting issues here because Alora even says, as Asher tells um, tells Kara later that Alora was aware. She was like, "Yeah, the things that are happening in this planet right now is probably, you know, it's not it's not going great." Uh, <laughs> uh I also see the doom impending um, <laughs> that doesn't mean you can kill a whole bunch of people like, right no sorry, sorry girl um but i I think that Astra sort of is an understandable villain because you can kind of see her point that she was trying so hard to like save this society. And, and I think she did get to the point where she thought, you know, sometimes you got to break a few eggs, right? She's like, if she's trying to save the whole planet, then she probably feels like, yeah, sure. We killed some people, but we saved more people. Well, <laughs> so if you like do the math, I'm amazing. Um, whereas I think Elora kind of holds a, a really like hard line in the sand, which is like, We can do we can do what we can try to do, but we can't hurt people. And I think Asher would argue that that wasn't effective. And perhaps Asher is right. Like Krypton doesn't exist anymore. Like, I don't know. I think it's interesting that they kind of bring up this moral quandary and this moral dilemma and they don't really tell you what side is right or what side is wrong or, like, how to feel about it. Like, probably, a- I mean, Astra is the villain. But ultimately, she was right about what was happening to Krypton. Uh, we don't really find out until much later what her <laughs> what her solution would have been. I believe it was mind control. Um,
1: <laughs> There's always mind control. That's usually the solution if, on the show. If
0: Astra had stuck around for a while, her and Lena could have been, like, besties. They would have gotten along so they well. They would have gotten along so, so re- well. Lena would have been like, I'm going to improve the earth. And Asher's like, girl, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> they could have both put on little leather jackets uh, and done crimes. It would have been great. Like honestly, honestly, Lena needed more friends, so this would have been fantastic for her. We really uh, missed a lot <laughs> by not having. We time. did. We could have had it all. <laughs> they're like they're like in matching bedazzled jean jackets, BFF on the back. They have got those little necklaces, like the little heart necklaces, where like half is half. <laughs> and I have half um (laughs) we were so close but yeah I I think I mean we don't hear until later what her you know her grand scheme was and it wasn't great uh but I think Asher would argue that that was better than the nothing that they did and then the planet blew up so I I like that they give us kind of like two sides of this and like neither side is 100% right
1: Although, the that's correct. Uh, I And I like that the show leaves it sort of ambiguous for us to decide for ourselves on who we think was right in this situation. But I guess we could point out that later on in Season 3, we do find out that Zorel and Allura did have a little bit of a backup plan, which <laughs> resulted in Argo City. So, you could argue... <laughs> that's true.
0: Okay, so she did have... Yeah, she had her uh her bunker situation uh <laughs> like pretty pretty well uh on its way. She was like, listen, this place is probably kaput. <laughs> this place is probably over, but my new place is <laughs> gonna be awesome. Uh why didn't Clark's parents make it into this new
1: gazeboed I don't know i think they went straight <laughs> i think they went straight to the we need to make ourselves artificial intelligence uh that was that was their solution zoro so and all Allura. we'll and we're live
0: like, on in the cloud <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: they're like alora stops by she's like we've got this new place it's great we're working on the gazebos they're not <laughs> They're not, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to shoot straight. They're not where they need to be. But otherwise, it's pretty great. We're all going to wear loungewear, no hard pants. I just made that a rule. And everybody's really excited about it. Do you guys want to come? And they're like, nah, bra. I just uploaded myself to the cloud. It's like, oh, okay. That's kind of weird. Good luck with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they took different approaches. Different in the, approaches. In the house of hell. I'm not judging which one's better.
0: I would rather be in the lounge where uh, reading I mean, in the gazebo. That but, does sound like the better option. But they're pinging around of that
1: out there in that cloud. So, <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> So uh so I I guess we could argue that Alora did have a backup plan. she, and she it,
0: did. That's a very strong point. That's and, a very strong point. Yeah.
1: So uh maybe they both had uh <laughs> good reasons for believing what they did, but I think in ultimately in the end, I think Alora <laughs> achieved what she set out to do.
0: I'll be honest, Lara Bonanti was so good in this role that sometimes I forget that season 1 Alora and later season Aloras are the same character. Yeah. Um so sometimes I'm like, "Oh yeah, a real shame about Supergirl's mom." And they're like, "She's alive." But I'm like, "No, she's not. Laura <laughs> Bonanti never came back." <laughs> she's alive on Argo. No, that was like a different lady.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard to connect them because they are two different actresses playing them. But I guess you know you can you can stretch uh stretch your mind to connect the dots, but it is uh difficult to do sometimes, even for me.
0: My brain apparently like doesn't remember important details like our ghost city. <laughs> to be fair though, I would say that I would have thought that the uh the discovery of her mom alive on Argo City would have been a bigger deal to the show. You would have said yeah. that it ended up being like in season four, they like just never talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she finds her dad, it takes episodes for her to be like, oh, by the way, mom's
1: alive. If it had been my show, Argo <laughs> City and the Surviving Kryptonians would have been a much bigger deal. Uh, yeah, the, the show chose not to they focus on that has yeah. a different way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uploaded themselves to the cloud. <laughs> they uh that different way involved a lot of Lex Luthor. Um so that was <laughs> the priority in later seasons. Um so uh some really interesting things going on with the the L family the House of L and and their uh uh fights and arguments and uh, maybe some of the ways that they also kind of came together. Uh, also in this episode, uh, there were some interesting things happening with Kara's human earthly family and uh, Alex Danvers in particular. Uh, so this is an episode in which Alex Danvers becomes the emergency director in charge of the DEO. So, Morgan, I, my my question really for you is what do you think about Alex becoming the director of the DEO and then also being immediately replaced by General Sam Lane uh, by order of the president. I kind of feel like
0: this is, she doesn't know it at the time, but this is the rest of her life. She's <laughs> What she's seeing is a small sneak preview of what's going to be happening to her ad infinitum for (laughs) forever, essentially. (laughs) She finally gets that promotion, and then somebody gets promoted over top of her immediately. (laughs) And so, like, about the second she learns that she's the acting director of the DEO, she can't even really, like, let it sink in. She can't really be like, oh... Oh, it feels good to have power because (laughs) (laughs) a second later, General Lane is in there like, I'm taking over. The president says he doesn't like you. (laughs) (laughs) No, ladies. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, this is obviously going to happen later in season, I want to say, four.
1: It, ha- it happens with Lucy Lane. She comes in to take <laughs> over the DO. Uh, That's right. It also happens with Colonel Haley. C- Colonel Haley was who I was thinking of. Did, I think that was season four. I think Alex quit before Brainiac
0: Five became director. <laughs> I think Alex quit, and then and therefore, uh, yes, Brainy becomes they, director. They were left with
1: Brainy. Yes.
0: Um. It the only thing more humiliating would have been if they were like, Alex, you're doing a great job, but we just think brainy can do better and he's just just like sorry (laughs) it's uh she cannot catch a break uh i just i i honestly kind of laughed watching this episode when that happened there were two moments when i like uh like had like uh, a laugh out loud moment it was then and it was when james's camera got smashed uh because the hindsight uh obviously being 2020 we know that this is going to happen this isn't going to be the last time this is the first time but not the last time that this is going to happen to poor alex we have the advantage of being from the future we do
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so alex does get this big promotion and it it was made to seem like a big deal Yeah. yeah they they called her director danvers uh, so it's uh, unfortunate that that never seems to really be something that she gets to enjoy uh, as the show progresses. But I, I guess um, what we could talk about is the uh, the plan to rescue Hank or what what Supergirl knows as Hank Hinshaw, Uh and, and she'll find out differently later on in the episode. <laughs> but, uh, but what did you think about the the plot and the plans to uh, to rescue Hank?
0: they all seemed bad if I'm being honest like (laughs) even even her final plan at the end where she's like we're gonna take Astra and we're gonna make the switch it seemed like she hadn't really like thought through like what happens if they double cross me she's like I'm just gonna have faith in them they've given me no reason for that (laughs) at any point but I feel like this time is Mm. different Yeah, Uh, and she was just lucky that that time was different because (laughs) But it wasn't like a good plan. Like if your plan <laughs> hinges on like your villain uh remembering that you were a cute kid and <laughs> or luck like your plan isn't isn't great. Not and great. then the plan before that was like Astra we're going to basically torture Astra and she's going to tell us the truth about like where she's holding Hank. And I mean Astra just is Astra's tough and she's crazy. And so I don't know that I would have believed anything that came out of her mouth. And in fact, they shouldn't have. And Supergirl tries to tell them that. She's like, I don't, this seems a little too easy, guys. Like, I don't think, I don't think my aunt's just going to, like, give up the goods that easily. Mm -hmm. And she did. And so, like, everybody had a bad plan in this (laughs) one.
1: Yeah. And I I would maybe not have taken so many... Like military people to that (laughs) place where uh, the Hank hologram was. It seemed like they took a lot of them there. Yeah. Uh, That was unfortunate.
0: One of my other favorite moments in this episode is when at the end when they're like they're taking Astra out and uh, and General Lane has the the military guys pointing the guns at them and he's like, I will shoot. What's that gonna do to either her or the prisoner? <laughs> like, yeah, shoot away. I guess you'll just kill these DEO agents. We've got a dozen of these extras in the background, so we'll just get some more. Yeah, it was like also it was two not of a also two of them are bulletproof that's what i was yeah it was nuts i was like the bullets are just gonna bounce off and hit you dummies yeah it's like we will shoot you it's like but you know that we're bulletproof right like i wanted someone to acknowledge i mean they were like go ahead and do it like we're not afraid of you because you're bulletproof
1: maybe they had kryptonian bullets because they did have a lot of kryptonite i guess i i feel like that would have been a greater that,
0: that would have been a greater threat, and they should have played that up because yeah. as it was, I was just like, This is the most idle of idle threats. It's like, yeah, go ahead, do it. That sounds fun. That'll tickle.
1: Like, yeah. Also, Supergirl has super speed. She could have zipped around there. <laughs> pulled all their guns off throw them away like she could have she can bend steel she yeah could've, she could have broken all of their guns
0: i mean isn't the, the isn't the point that maxwell lord is trying to make is that like she is too powerful and yet sometimes they treat her as if she has no powers at all they're like <laughs> like if she wants bro the chain of command means nothing to her so yeah
1: she could have stopped that easily she didn't need the the uh the mercy from the the military officer (laughs) it was it was nice that he was like sure save
0: me and that was yeah that is nice and it did seem like you sent us needlessly into danger when she's like literally you could just keep blowing her up continuously and she'll (laughs) be fine so i'm gonna go with her yeah she's her plan is better somehow even though it's a bad plan
1: (laughs) yeah so sometimes they don't uh quite Seem to fully the the writing doesn't seem to fully quite understand Supergirl's powers and uh, it is a little bit of a source of uh, frustration for me at this point. But I did like there was some of the way that they utilize her powers in this episode were really quite good. Uh, we we are still getting the CBS money, so there's a lot oh, of it's so nice <laughs> great uh, effects. Uh, in particular, I'm thinking of Supergirl flying into that warehouse to go with the the first bad plan i guess uh to rescue <laughs> hank and it's like a hologram of hank but the way she flies in was it, even now watching that uh in the in the year of uh, 2022 it's still pretty good it still holds up so yeah it, it holds was, up it for was sure really good looking in terms of the flight ability so even if they don't uh, acknowledge her abilities they're they're showcasing the ones that they are acknowledging pretty well
0: yeah, I think that they're doing a good job at like showing off her using her her abilities in ways that are smart too, which I always appreciate. Is that she doesn't she's not just super strong; she's also smart. Like she knows when to use things and she knows when to uh, to figure things out. And we we get more of her, you know, some of her investigative side sometimes in in these like in these storylines, which is nice.
1: Uh, yes, which is nice because they're going to foreshadow later that she will become a reporter, that she should have always been a reporter, according <laughs> to Cat Grant. So it's good that she does have some investigative skills. Uh, so before we get out of here, I guess uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you about, we we sort of touched on him, but uh, what did you think about Maxwell Lord and what was going on for him in this episode?
0: He was just being real shady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt like he was, uh, I like that Ray right after that that battle, when they come back and they're like okay we need to secure the perimeter he's like no i'm good i'm good you you should get out of here now like it's a go- they're a government agency and a crime just occurred i think they have jurisdiction i just i was like my mind was a little blown that i was like so everyone's just clearing out <laughs> they're not they can't just tell him no like they're the government. They <laughs> there was a there was a major battle that was right there. Like you think that they could probably check it
1: around. Like, did see, they... here's here's the thing though, Morgan. They did not have an order from the president, which oh, I they, guess they would they needed, have been an if, executive order. I guess if is only what you're they had about. that
0: executive order, then they could have done it, which <laughs> they use very
1: liberally on this show that <laughs> anybody can get it president. i want to change personnel at this organization so i the president i'm going to uh fire you and replace you with someone else according to my executive order
0: alex danvers no siree i the president <laughs> care about the the inner workings of the deo yeah uh yeah that made me laugh though when he was like everybody out and they were all like well nothing we can do about that and then they just like slunk out i was like okay really okay uh but yeah i he was obviously being very shady not up the stairs he says get them back down and then <laughs> And then later he's like, uh, you know, he uh, kidnaps James and like beats the crap out of him, destroys his camera. His camera. That's
1: serious business.
0: How dare he? How dare he? That's really sending a
1: message. It
0: is sending. James is like, my camera.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not again. And and he did it in a, uh, a dark Black warehouse with only you know little spotlights, so you yep. know it was sinister.
0: Yeah, he he probably has one of those like on standby. He's like, listen. If I'm going to be a villain, I'm going to go full out villainy. <laughs> I'm going to go to the villain
1: warehouse where I have my <laughs> special lighting.
0: I'm surprised you didn't have like uh, like goons and like old timey gangster outfits in the background. <laughs> that like, would have been like amazing. Like oh, I would have loved <laughs> Get it. Get them out of here. <laughs> See? Uh, that would have been incredible. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, I think they really set up. Some like intrigue with the Maxwell Lord character in this episode because you know that he's hiding something. You know, he's threatened one of our main characters. And then at the end, he goes mm. into this shady room mm. and he's got like a girl in some sort of medical thing, but not uh, a blonde her. girl. <laughs> A blonde girl, in fact, Mm -hmm. and she's got creepy eyes. What is he planning? Yeah, I like I really like the way that this episode wasn't really about Maxwell Lord at all, but his storyline still continues and you're still like, what is he up to? You know that there's like something else going on. And I think it kind of it makes Supergirl's issues and problems seem more realistic. It's not just the Astra stuff. It's not just Astra and Non and all the cat stuff. Also, in the background, what is Maxwell Lord planning? (laughs) That guy is just off about to do something crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Supergirl is about to have to really juggle a lot of things at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, Morgan, are there any other things about this episode that you wanted to talk about that we didn't?
0: I think we got most of the uh, most of the major things in this episode. I thought this was another another really good one. Season 1 was just uh, was really doing it. Oh, I did <laughs> uh, uh, I did like uh, that I didn't remember that car- I I thought we know ca- Alex knows about Hank. John. Uh, yeah. Um, but I didn't realize that, that like Supergirl doesn't know. So it, early in the episode, when he gets kidnapped, she goes like, well, unless he has powers, like he's in trouble. And Alex is like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> just like an awkward silence. And yeah, he definitely doesn't. So I guess you're right about that. Uh, <laughs> and then later on alex like whispers like you should transform which like gave me like like sailor moon flashbacks like hank was gonna go through like a whole magical girl transformation <laughs> gonna get out i his mean wand. he kind of does martian prism power <laughs> <laughs> and then like the boots the boots appear um but uh, but at, at, at the end she goes like okay i heard you guys talking about tr- transforming and he's like oh yeah sorry dude i'm from mars that's just, oh cool yeah i'm also from space so, and it
1: was, it's, a, it so it's okay." Anticlimactic. so it's okay for supergirl to know someone's secret identity and know that mm-hmm. they are a superhero mm-hmm. that's totally fine uh for Supergirl.
0: supergirl so no. mm-hmm. uh Yeah. I thought that, I thought the moment where she finds out about John was pretty anticlimactic, especially after the, I mean, I guess I I understand that like the previous episode had just really done the big reveal with Alex that it was really emotional and, uh, they didn't want to like repeat that again, but there felt like there was maybe like a middle ground between doing the exact same scene and doing like, oh, chill, me too. I'm also from space. Uh, Where it was just like very nonchalant seeming almost when she finds out about him. She's like, actually, could you do me like a real solid (laughs) (laughs) like she goes from finding out his identity to asking him for a favor with amazing quickness,
1: amazing quickness. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think you make a really good point. They could have made it a little more dramatic for Supergirl's reveal. Uh, but they needed to get it done in any way they could in this episode because <laughs> they needed to get to that favor at the end so that you mm-hmm. could shapeshift for her, which will not be the end of Jean shapeshifting as Supergirl in order to trick people. So this is going to be (laughs) a common recurrence uh, throughout the series. Yet this rewatch of this episode didn't make me quite as angry about it as the first time I watched it because, Oh boy, I was not happy (laughs) about what they did to Cat Grant in this episode, but uh, I still have my issues with it. But I think in rewatching it, it is a very solid episode, a very good episode. And even in this, uh, in this rewatch for Supergirl Radio Rewind, I uh, really thought more about some of the ways in which they utilized the camera in this one. Uh, in particular, I'm thinking about when Supergirl is talking to Astra in the Kryptonian the the, the Kryptonite cell at the DEO and there's a lot of mirrored images of Supergirl where you see see Supergirl and you see her mirrored reflection and they use that a lot in that scene and it made me think a lot about you know what is that saying about Supergirl you know is she trying to and this is probably me like reading into it but are are the mirrored images you know her you know trying to trying to visualize her dealing with both sides of her identity and trying to figure out who she is and and how she's connecting to the Kryptonians and and the DEO and her friends and her family on Earth. So I just uh, I, I wanted to acknowledge that I thought uh, the camera work was doing a really good job of trying to add to those thematic elements that are going on within the story and the character. So I just wanted to mention that okay well i think that is going to do it for our discussion so i think we need to hop back into the legion cruiser and we need to go from 2016 back to 2022 yeah put my seatbelt i've got to put the seatbelt on and uh get into the cruiser and uh go back to the future (laughs) All right, Morgan, I think we have uh, some feedback. I think we do. <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm.
0: So, Daryl wrote in with some feedback about Blood Bonds rating I miss Agent Velasquez so much, one of Supergirl's many forgotten. Yeah, it's I think it's of, uh,
1: Agent Vasquez.
0: Vasquez. Oh my God. What? I don't even know what I said. I'm uh, very Velasquez. Tired. <laughs> Velasquez. I put an L in there where there's no L. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There might be an agent Velasquez. We don't know
0: somewhere somewhere in the DEO. I'm sure that there is. Um, I believe. Um, it's kind of funny hearing Kara mention her cousin. Like that means something.
1: Uh, oh, uh, we didn't talk about. Uh, speaking of uh, oh, that's right, Superman. Uh, Kara does another uh, chat message with Clark at the end of it. Did Did you think that was necessary? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I like the idea that they like they like text
0: sometimes he's like hey how's it how's it hanging and she's like uh you know it's okay i'm doing all right he's like do you need some help and she's like um um you know i'm fine he's like okay blood bonds bye (laughs) (laughs) thanks clark cool (laughs) uh yeah no I, i like that the acknowledgement that like superman is somebody who exists somewhere uh, but she's she's cool. She's chill hanging out and doing it on her own. I did think it was funny. I think she, she threatens Astra with, like, I'll bring Superman down here. And Astra's like, I don't care about him at all. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't care less. I did, I did like that. I thought that was pretty great. I was like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. If, if you're not afraid of Supergirl, you probably don't care that much about Superman either. Um, so, oh, uh, car Heat Vision Coffee threw her glasses in episode two. They must have realized she shouldn't have been able to do that, thus having her remove the glasses first in this episode.
1: Yeah, they make a big to-do about that in this episode, because car removes the glasses and then she does fumble it trying to get the coffee together and has to put the back on that James has to bring them to her so there is a different uh way that they're depicting that uh here but I did like there was a there was a moment in the episode where car is getting angry at Wynn and James and she has a really great moment with the glasses because she takes the glasses off and she says something about uh, I forget what the dialogue is but she's like I can see it very clearly or whatever and she's she says it really like she's getting kind of astral like and angry and oh, I just yeah. I just like the use of um the glasses in in the emotional way cuz that's something that they talked about early on in the show's history with uh, people like Allie Adlers that sh- they would talk about how if Cara if removes her glasses, there's going to be an emotional reason for her doing that. And so for her to make a point, to say something about how she, she sees it all very clearly or whatever. And she takes her glasses off because she doesn't need them. Those glasses are just for show. She can see <laughs> much better without them actually. So I think the glasses in this episode were, were used to a, a, a great degree. Yeah. I, I really liked
0: how they, they played those up in the episode. Um, Daryl says, "I don't like all this lying that Alex does to Kara in the first season. Open and honest communication is so vitally important. Uh, Kara can keep a secret, and John and Alex should know that. Uh, I don't like their reaction to her saying she can't keep a secret.
1: Well, she couldn't though. She's not that. She great told at it. she told when like day one about her being <laughs> Supergirl. So I don't." That's I, how uh, all of her
0: friends know. I yeah.
1: mean. <laughs> Maybe they have a point that she can't keep a secret.
0: And she she was really struggling uh, telling a simple lie to Kat in this episode. So <laughs> they might have a point. Uh, Daryl says she only told Wynn the truth. James already knew it. And Kat figured it out on her own. So with Cara telling only one person in her life. And everyone else already knowing or figuring out for themselves. I would say she can keep a secret. Except for that one person where she. Except so, for that one person two. where she was like, yo, bro, guess what?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got something wild to tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so maybe, maybe she needs to to do a little bit better with that. All right. So I guess now that we've covered feedback, uh, shall we get to some Snap Judgment? Snap In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, snap judgment time.
0: Um, Our first snap judgment. What's a better topic for humor? English cuisine or black lipstick?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These are Kat Grant's suggestions for humor topics. I'm going to say black lipstick because... Uh, if, if English cuisine is referring to like British cuisine, I don't maybe maybe English cuisine is better for British humor, but sometimes British humor doesn't translate as well. So I'm going to go black lipstick. I think there's a lot of jokes you could make about the the use of black lipstick, maybe an in inappropriate setting. So I'm going to say black lipstick.
0: Yeah, black lipstick is what I'm going to go for as well because I love a good fish and chips. So, I mean shepherd's pie. A good shepherd's pie, a hearty shepherd's <laughs> pie. I'm not yeah. looking down on English cuisine. Is it is it the best? But there are some good, there are some good dishes there. There are some good <laughs> dishes. and But black lipstick is like a whole look, right? That's You are committing <laughs> to a thing. There's a lot of funny situations where black <laughs> lipstick would not be great. Uh, so I think that is the more humorous of the two. Agreed. Um, does Cat Grant have an attitude problem or... Does everyone else have a perception problem?
1: <laughs> I think everyone else has a perception problem because Cat Grant is usually right. If she speaks on something, she's probably correct. So I don't think she has an attitude problem. I think she's just right all the time. So I think everybody else has a perception problem. I think it's
0: probably hard being so consistently right, honestly.
1: It's, <laughs> it's a real it's a
0: burden for Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go for perception problem. We should all be kinder to Kat. It's, it's just, <laughs> what a burden she carries <laughs> so gracefully. Uh, um, so I start two snap judgments from the chat. Our first one is from Aaron, who asks, um, where do you go, the cloud or the poor?" structured argo
1: i'd go to argo at least you're you're going to a real place you're around <laughs> other people you know they have gazebos they have the nice loungewear uh everything seems really nice i mean they're they're growing plants that it just you know i mean you Gorgeous. probably have a limited amount of time before yeah. it goes bad it Listen. this this time but but it would still be <laughs> great you know with i, I think, you <laughs> yeah i think going to argo would be would be my plan
0: yeah i feel like i've seen i've watched too much black mirror to think that like uploading myself to the cloud is not going to come with some like dire consequences uh that i can't foresee um like so like I'll, uh pulling the electricity, <laughs> the electricity yeah yeah out. when the grid goes down lights out for me <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd rather be in Argo. Everyone's everyone's so comfortable. The pants are so swishy. Uh, <laughs> the fabrics so soft. Uh, no, no one's wearing clothes that are tight. You don't need to. It's Argo, <laughs> baby. And there's just there's just a gazebo around every corner. No way. I'm going with Argo. I don't even care if those gazebos are structurally sound. It's gonna be all right. We all got to go some way, right? <laughs> That reminds me of um <laughs> my husband has a theory that um that all gazebos are filled with wasps unless they are oh. has, like wooden gazebos. Yeah. So every time I'm like, oh, look at it, it's such a beautiful gazebo, it's so romantic. He goes, Bet that's filled with wasps. <laughs> <laughs> so you might be taking your life into your own hands in those gazebos, <laughs> but I think it would be worth it. <laughs> Uh we have a snap judgment from Rachel who says Jean shapes that nah. Jean shapeshifting That's as supergirl in this episode to fool cat or Jean shapeshifting as supergirl in episode
1: in season three episode 10 to fool Lena. I'm gonna pick to fool Lena because at least at least Lena had not pieced it together, really. She was still, <laughs> you know, she was still in the uh, not connecting the dots phase in season three. So I think fooling Kat after she had already figured it out is much more irritating to me. So uh, if I had to pick one and that is the game, I'm picking Supergirl in 310 uh, to fool Lena. Yeah,
0: I was... Oh, I think you actually made have talked me around to your side because I was going to go... With uh with Cat because the Lena stuff just dragged on so much longer. Yeah, it was that's true. So much uh so much more annoying because there was really no reason for her to be hiding her identity. <laughs> but to your point, it's not like Lena was like, you know what? I think you're Supergirl and super and and Kara was like, quick a disguise, <laughs> uh, like what happened in this episode. So I think I'm gonna also go the uh the Lena one because Kat had already figured it out. All you had to do was like confirm it. It didn't, uh, it wasn't like she was telling her secret. It was like, she was just like, okay, you figured it out. Whereas Lena didn't really. So it wasn't like necessarily trying to undo. uh,
1: Yes. Undo
0: knowledge. It was trying to prevent knowledge.
1: Also Kat Grant, learning the secret and feeling betrayed, didn't result in people being mind controlled yeah which that's... is the good thing <laughs> so Le- lena maybe handled that a little worse than than cat did at least cat <laughs> was like you need to quit your job because you should be out there saving people and lena was like i feel betrayed i'm going to brain brainwash and mind control the entire world Lena was like make i'm nicer. going to
0: I'm going to make everyone nice. Just you wait. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if you like it. You're going to be nice,
1: <laughs> girl. A couple of those things aren't are aren't adding up. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for this uh, week's snap judgments. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right, now that we have gotten uh, back from the past and uh, finished up with Supergirl Radio Rewind, we are going to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart. Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl Radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live. And wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T public store. So if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl
0: Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, the flash podcast, and legends of tomorrow, podcast by Podcast Bad Woman, Podcast Two, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast. Podcast just for you. Just this dark podcast. Green lantern podcast. Star girl podcast. Strange adventures podcast. And finally, my favorite of the bunch: DC TV, TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say "f**k." am <laughs> And we have some Supergirl related. Yeah, related. Designs in the DC TV podcast T public store.
1: Yeah, I thought we could uh promote the uh S Shield that's in the shape of a heart because in, in this episode in Blood Bonds, there's still a little hint of the love triangle that's going on. <laughs> that's because very true. we didn't really talk about it, but there is that scene where Car sits down on the couch, she feels really deflated, and then James sits down, holds her hand, and then when sits down and holds the other hand. I'm like that. Ah. That feels really heavy for the love triangle. (laughs) Uh, But there is a cool uh, S-Shield that's in the shape of a heart in the DC TV podcast T-Public store. And there's also uh, some Stronger Together uh, designs in there uh, in Kryptonese. So if you want uh, a mug or a T-shirt or a hoodie or something like that where it has Stronger Together in Kryptonese uh, to uh, to. Uh, show off your knowledge of Kryptonian culture. Uh, that is available in the T Public store as well. All right. And I think we also need to talk about our DCTV uh, podcast. Uh, t- uh, what am I trying to say? It's a very, very long uh, title the DCTV podcast uh, plugs contest that we have. Uh, Morgan, do you want to explain? Uh, what uh viewers and listeners will be helping you with in particular? Yes, I would love I would love to explain that. So here's <laughs> the thi- here's the thing, listeners,
0: gentle listeners, uh, <laughs> I don't want to have to read off the list of names. Uh, we we know I can't. We know it's I'm not capable of it. We know <laughs> I add extra L's to names that don't have L's. <laughs> so what we need you to do, and by we I mean me, um, is to send us um a Uh, a recording of yourself doing the DC TV podcast plugs. Now you can do them however you want in whatever way you want. Um, You just have to send them in to us by the stroke of midnight on, (laughs) on all hollows night on all (laughs) hollows Eve, October 31st uh, by 1159. Now you get it in at 12, Lights out too late. Too late. (laughs) All Souls Day. It's (laughs) cannot be the witching hour. It cannot be. Um, so you're gonna want to email an MP3, a wave, or an M4A audio file to supergirlradio at gmail.com. And here are the list of names that you will need to read so that I do not need to read them. (laughs) Supergirl radio. Now that's this one. That's this one. So you're going to want to give it like a good placement. just And and, and put that one first. You're going to want to put that one first. Because yeah. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the Flash podcast, Legends of Tomorrow podcast, a good placement for that one might not hurt you either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like we're not going to use any of the ones we get. Uh, the Lituation <laughs> Room, DC on HBO Max podcast. Stargirl Podcast, Superman and Lois Radio, Green Lantern Podcast, The Sandman Podcast, uh, Justice League Dark Podcast, and DCTV Ather Dark Podcast. I mean, you don't have to say podcast. <laughs> and that is the list that you need to read. Again, whatever way you want to read it. And remember, when you're doing it, what you're doing is like charity.
1: Right? You're doing
0: a good deed. You're putting you're putting good out into the universe. Yes. And I thank you cuz I don't want to have to continuously read those.
1: <laughs> it is a lot of information. And this is uh, as promised to me the currently updated list of podcasts on the dctv podcast network so as morgan mentioned if you would like to win some prizes we're going to send you some free stuff including some art balthazar books and maybe something from the t public store Ooh. if you want uh something from there we'll send you something as well so lots of uh giveaway prizes that will go to uh those who submit uh Audio recording, so you can uh, do it any way you want to. You can just read it in a radio voice, or you could uh, you could make a song out of it, uh, like Madeline did for us. Uh, You could uh, uh, do it in in a a rap or a rhyme, whatever whatever you want to do. You can do you just be creative and uh, have fun with it. But uh, submit an audio file to us by October thirty first at eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern on the dot at Supergirl Radio at Gmail. So thank you to all those who uh, want to participate. Also, we would like to thank our legion of super sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Faith, Brian, Ethan, and Danny. If you would like to become a supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash Radio, And we uh, thank everybody who uh, supports us through our monthly memberships and uh, for helping us uh, keep the lights on here at Supergirl Radio. Also, if you would like to uh, follow what I'm doing, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid, and I have a YouTube channel that you can find at youtubecom prod where I live stream on Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern and uh, read through uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice reviews written by the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm having to take a little bit of a break from that because I've had a lot of events going on and a lot (laughs) of things are happening on the weekends and uh, specifically on Sundays. So it's kind of uh, cutting into my uh, Rotten Tomatoes time. So uh, hopefully uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'll get to a more consistent schedule on that. So uh, just pay attention to when I schedule live streams and get to that also i just want to give a, a shout out uh to our friend bill meeks's podcast uh, because he is i believe live streaming at the same time we are Ooh. uh so a little competitor uh <laughs> on the streams uh but because I would miss his live stream uh he uh asked that i give him a shout out uh to his new podcast that he uh is calling where I'm from it's uh, on all of the podcast platforms, uh, uh, I I think I, I was able to check a few of them, but I'm pretty sure they're on all podcast platforms that you can check it out. Uh, and you can also find a playlist of the episodes on Bill Meeks' YouTube channel, which I've linked below in the li- uh, the video live stream uh, description, and we'll also include in the audio show notes. So definitely check out Where I'm From, a new podcast from Bill Meeks. and And Bill Meeks really is one of the great podcasters of all time. I don't want to hype him up too much. Let's do it. (laughs) But like a legendary podcaster.
0: Uh, Well, I also saw that he had uh, somebody on that podcast that I was really excited about. He had Steven Toblonsky. I can never pronounce his last name. The great actor. He's been in the Mindy project. He's been on one day at a time. He was in groundhog day. Um, So I, I was, I was like, what a get, what a get for that podcast.
1: Yeah, he uh, Bill is also having Jason Inman uh, on Where I'm From, and Jason Inman uh, does the oh geek history lesson podcast, and he's Ooh. a big DC fan. He was also on uh, the Flash podcast for a little while, um, and he's done a lot of things for DC comics. So, if you're interested in checking that out, I highly recommend you do so. He also, uh, Bill is a big bare naked ladies fan. And uh I believe is is Stephen Page from Bare Naked Ladies. Is I him? think so. Is that yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the guy. Yeah. Um, so he uh I thought it was cool for Bill that he he got to have uh, a bare naked ladies member on the podcast. So uh that's very cool. So definitely check out um Bill Meeks' new podcast where I'm from. And he may have asked me to do an episode. Oh, and no. I was like, I was like Bill, why you're talking to all these famous people? Why? Why would <laughs> I you? I mean, want... Rebecca Johnson
0: is like super no, famous.
1: I don't know about that. I was like, Bill, really, you should have someone else on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear from me, um, so I don't know. It it may happen. I don't know, but he really should strive. He should aim higher. I think uh, higher <laughs> than you. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> it's it's not hard to get higher than me. I think <laughs> I think you should aim a little higher. Uh, but everyone should go check out his his new podcast.
0: That is very cool. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram I'm at MojoTastic. You can also find me as a co-host on uh, DC TV, Dark, and also the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where we are doing our spooky season episodes. So we just dropped our first episode where we rewatched the classic movie Halloween. Mm. Um, and our next episodes are on um Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, which just dropped on HBO and uh, HBO Max yes, uh, Disney, Disney Plus, Plus uh, yes. Yeah. no you know uh, the HBO Max version of Hocus Movie <laughs> 2 probably would have been a bit different a bit darker a bit grittier I'd that been Midler into that. like kills a person with her hands <laughs> her bare hands <laughs> I believe that Bet could do it I believe <laughs> so yeah we're, we're doing a, a bunch of spooky stuff for October and then who knows what uh, November brings and it's funny that you plugged a, a a friend's project because my uh my one of my friends from college just wrote a book nice uh, and i went to her book event on friday it's called witchful thinking which is a great pun uh and it's about it's a romance novel about witches and it's a uh, loosely based on um on the like the New Jersey shore area, oh. which is fun. Um, so huh. I, I thought that was fun. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. So we went to uh, we went to her her book event on Friday and I picked this up. I was like, I got a signed copy. Nice. Uh, so I figured, why not? Why not give it a little plug? Here's I know this, look. I know this person.
1: And it's a book. It's published. Well, well, we'll get a get a link for Witchful Thinking and put it in the video description uh, of the live stream and put it in the audio show notes. So if you want to pick that book up as well, uh, you'll be able to do so. So uh, maybe we should uh, create a new segment where we just uh, Promotes promote something new that... what do you want us to plug <laughs> do you have something cool
0: did you talk to uh, did you talk to a cast member of Groundhog
1: Day <laughs> <laughs> what you got going on so that's very cool well uh, thank you for sharing that about uh, your friend's new book uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio though but until next time I'm still Rebecca Johnson And I'm still Morgan Glennon, and thanks for
0: joining us for Supergirl Radio Rewind.
1: McGurk! I do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like
0: it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't <laughs> know. It does seem snug. I mean, <laughs> they say you are what you eat. Cheer up. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena yeah. Luthor boardroom or ballroom. because <laughs> She looks
1: like a boss in this coat.